to Matthew's gospel. Matthew's gospel. Forgive me while I work on this. I'm one of those that I just, I'm not afraid to actually work on this in front of people. People. Some people are like, oh, I don't want to mess with it in front of people. I don't care. I'm just like, I'm with family. So if I need to, I could even take this vest off. Y'all don't want to see that. But, you know. <laughs> Go with me to Matthew's gospel. Chapter 3. Verse 7, I want to paint this picture before we get in this word here. Um, before we do, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the word. I thank you, Father, you have anointed me to preach this gospel to the poor. You have anointed me to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, to deliver, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I thank you, Lord, for every person that's in this place. That they have eyes to see, ears to hear, a spirit of wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of you. That they may know what is the hope of your calling, what the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. Now, Father, open their eyes. Holy Ghost, have your way. Jesus, be magnified in this service. And we give you the praise for it. We give you the honor and the glory for it. And we lift you up in Jesus' name. Matthew chapter 3, verse 7 says this. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come by or come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth thither, or therefore, fruits uh, meet for repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children of Abraham. That's you, that's I. We are those stones that have been risen, and now we are made children of Abraham. Verse 10, and now also the axe is laid upon the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh, he has already come. Hallelujah. After me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his, uh, his floor and gather his wheat into the garner. But he will burn up the chaff with the unquenchable fire. I want you to go with me back in time with this. For 400 years, God never moved. For 400 years, God never spoke. For 400 years, no man, no woman ever rose up and said anything about God. Complete silence. There was no move of God. There was no miracle. There was no sign. There was no wonder. Nothing. The Israelites were probably hoping, the Jews were hoping, could this year be the year? Because they were looking for the Messiah to come. They were oppressed by Roman rule. They were oppressed by the Gentiles. They were oppressed by people. And they wanted, they wanted change. They were hoping for change. 
They were hoping for change. Could this be the year? I could imagine the fathers telling their kids, well, this, let me tell you the story in the Torah. Let me tell you what's going on from the prophets of old. That there will be a Messiah that will arise. There will be a Messiah that will come. There will be a Messiah that will rescue us from this oppression and et cetera, et cetera. And then all of a sudden that father passes away and these kids grow up. And now they teach their kids the same story that their father taught them. And it was repetitively for 400 years. Then this guy named John comes into the picture. And starts baptizing people and starts preaching the gospel of repentance. And now people are starting to question. Sadducees are starting to question. Pharisees are starting to question. Could this be the one? Could this be the Christ? He doesn't look like it. Because we're expecting someone who's authoritative and like a soldier, like a king, all full of power and, and, and authority. And they asked him and he said, no, I'm not the one. But someone is coming. And when he comes, his shoes I am not worthy to carry. I'm not worthy to unloose. I'm not worthy to unstrap. I baptize you with water, which is unto repentance. But the one who's greater than I, mightier than I, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. It's not just Holy Ghost. But it's Holy Ghost and fire. It's not just fire, but it's fire and Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost and fire. Then you recall when Jesus came to this, to this earth, he was doing the works, of the, the works of the Father. And he went to a woman at the well and he said this. He said, this water that you drink... You drink of this water, you'll thirst again. But the water that I give, if you drink, you will have wells of everlasting water springing out. Then a couple of chapters after that, that was John chapter 4. In John chapter 7, in the last day of the feast of the tabernacles, he rose up and he said, If any man is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. For it is written, that as it is written, out of his belly shall flow rivers. Rivers. Of living water. This spake he of the Holy Ghost. For the Holy Ghost has not yet come. Because Jesus has not yet been glorified. And that's a depiction of what, what, what's happening today. When we preach the gospel. You preach the gospel. You present the gospel like the woman at the well. You present salvation. But then you go to John chapter 7. And now you present the upon baptism of the Holy Ghost. With the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And that has always been the blueprint of the church. From the well to the river. From the well of salvation to the river of God. Where there's life. Where there's abundance. Where there's peace. Where there's provision. Where there's joy. Where there's triumph. The blueprint, the job description of Jesus' ministry is simple. I've come to preach the gospel to the poor. I've come to heal the brokenhearted. I've come to deliver the captives. I've come to recover sight to the blind. I've come to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. But not only that alone, but now I've come to baptize people with the Holy Ghost and with fire. What this world needs today is not just the gospel to be preached. 
But what this world needs today is a move of God with the Holy Ghost and with fire. What this world needs today is not another format of trying to build a church with church logos and church lingos and church, you know, you know, upgrades. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with church upgrades. Nothing wrong with changing the church pews and the chairs because they're outdated. Nothing wrong with that. But that does not identify us. What, 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 what identifies us, what's our DNA as a church is that we preach the gospel with signs following. We preach the gospel with the Holy Ghost as our invisible partner. What we, we preach the gospel with the Holy Ghost and fire. We're living in the last days. We know that. We have a lot of issues in this world. We know that. But this is not a surprise to God. Because he's been through this multiple times. You read through the Bible. You read through church history. Or not church history. But you read through, through Israel history. You read through Genesis to Malachi. Nothing is a surprise to God. The world in this age feels oppressed. People in the past have, feeled, have felt oppressed. The world today has gone through financial hardships. People of old have gone through financial hardships. But God has always been there in the hardships, in the oppression, in the drought, in the fear, in the wars. He's always been there. He's seen it. He's been through it. He's, he's done it all. He's experienced it all. And he knows the solution. And that is, it's me where you must put your faith to, it's me where you put your trust to. But for about a few years, people have been relaxed. They've been calm, living life Monday through Friday, for eight to five shifts, going on the weekends on, you know, spending the whole weekend out on the river or going to watch entertainment and joining other sports and, and, and just being so busy with life. But the moment March 13th, 2020 happened when this whole thing started, people thought it would be temporary. People thought it would just be for a few days. But we're still in it, so to speak, in this world. With this whole pandemic, pandemic, sorry, for this whole pandemic, people are still stuck. And throughout a whole year, people have given into so many things. They've given into fear. You don't believe me? Look next to you. Where are those people who sat next to you? Where are those preachers? Or, or not, yeah, not preachers. Well, I'll put the preachers on the side. But where are the members of the church who once were dancing and shouting? You know, just for fun, I watched a few of the archives that we've had here at Faith World. I watched some of the Holy Ghost services we had before the pandemic started. And it grieved me because the people that I saw that were running, dancing, shouting, they're not here anymore. Why? Fear. The fear of man. The fear of a virus. The fear of death. Because that's all where it derives from. You go to Winko, you go to Walmart, everyone's wearing masks, everyone's wearing shields, and they're doing all that stuff. Why? Because they're afraid to die. But as a Christian, when you know when you die, you really aren't dead. 
And as a Christian, you know the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead quickens this mortal body. So no symptom, a symptom could try to come on my body. It's going to have to die. I had symptoms come on my body just this past month. I'm like, oh, no, homie, you ain't not touching this body. No, I, I take lordship over this body. This body belongs to Jesus. And I take authority over this. No, it's not coming on me. It tried to come on my wife. Oh, no, it ain't coming on my wife either because we're one. It ain't coming on her as much as it's not coming on me. And guess what? Within a matter of like hours, it just left. I'm like, yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. See, this is how we live. Faith world, this is how we live. We live by faith on the promises of God. And this world today, this society today, this city today, this nation today is in an upheaval. Total upheaval. They're confused. They're worried. They're afraid. And they don't know how to handle it. But for God, it's not a surprise. For God, I promise you, he's got the biggest smirk right now. Because he's like, if they just knew that throughout this whole year when the devil was putting fear into people's lives, I've been stirring my church. And my church is rising up. Last year was the year of the uprising. This year is the year of distinguishment. I'm telling you right now, God is doing something in this city. God is doing something in this county. God is doing something in this nation. God is doing something. And it's kind of like it's being hidden, so to speak. But when it's being hidden, it's being under the radar, so to speak. We're not under the radar, so to speak. But there's going to be a bust through. We're... There's nobody that's going to try to stop the church. Because let me tell you right now, Pastor Lisa said this on Sunday. A church building will not contain the people that we're going to reach. I'll tell you that right now. This church building is not going to contain the people that we have. I'm telling you right now. God was never meant to be put in a building. God was meant to be put in the hearts of people. And the church is not a building. The church is you and I, and we are congregating right now as soldiers, and we're having an intervention. We're having a meeting with God as the head of the church, Jesus, the head of the church, and we are discussing strategies by looking through the blueprint of our forefathers and seeing they're not secrets, but seeing the principles and keys of how to win the loss, how to empower people, how to renew the believer's mind so that they can see. You know what's the purpose of, re of mind renewal? You want to know what the purpose is of mind renewal? The purpose of mind renewal is doing the things that you thought you can't do, that you can do, to go out and to be the light to this world. That is what all mind renewal is about. If you're sick, you're saying, well, I can't preach the gospel because I'm sick. But when you renew your mind to know that you're healed, now you can go and be the light of this world because you're not sick, you are healed. So now, because sick people can go reach sick people. Healed people can reach sick people. Hurting people can reach hurting people. But people who have been delivered from hurt can go reach hurting people. That is why we, re we come to church to renew our minds. But this gospel, I love this gospel. Because it's dear to me. As it is dear to my father. 
Because I know the power of this gospel. It's the gospel of Christ, which is, it's the gospel unto, so it has the power unto salvation. It gives salvation to man. And I'm telling you that the only way this gospel is going to be blown out from the church walls effectively is when the moment the gospel is preached, there's demonstration that follows. What happened in the 1700s and the 1800s here in the United States? What happened in the east coast of the United States? Because let me tell how many teenagers are here? I, I, I can't, I don't even know. But if you're here, or parents, just know this. Teach this to your kids. Be very cautious what they teach your kids at school. Because they don't teach you everything. I remember on a, on a youth service, I taught this, and they looked at me like, my teacher never taught me that. I'm like, it's, it, it's history. What happened in the 1700s and the 1800s at, uh, at the east coast of this great nation that we live? What happened during the, what happened to, during the colonies? Total upheaval. Poverty all over the place. No leadership. Complete terror, complete fear. People actually killed each other for food. But God intervened through preachers like Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Edwards, like John Wesley. Who came and preached to thousands of people without a microphone. In fact, there were haters that would come to the meetings just to ridicule the people because the people began to tremble. The people began to shake. When the, when the gospel was preached, people began, the, not the Bible, but, 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 but the stories would say that people would begin to tremble, begin to shake, and they couldn't stop. And there would be people there that would ridicule and mock them and just laugh at them. And all of a sudden, the moment that happened, when they mocked them, immediately they stood still. They were frozen. They couldn't move. They fell to the ground. And then they began to shake. They got up and they left the meeting because they were afraid because this is weird. That happened in this nation. What happened in the 1900s with William J. Seymour here in Azusa Street in Los Angeles when you just had a bunch of people sitting on wood piles and just sitting there Believing God for a move of God here in California. You telling me what happened? I'll tell you what happened. The greatest move of God happened where every nation in this world came to here in California just to see what was happening because people were being changed by the power and the fire of the Holy Ghost. I lived in Lake Elsinore for 16 years and I remember my dad taking me to Lake Elsinore in the old town. And I never knew because we used to call it Amy's Castle. I know Amy's Castle. Oh, there's Amy's Castle right up there. Didn't even know what, who Amy was. But as a Christian, I, when I became a Christian, I started researching about, you know, the generals of faith. And lo and behold, I got to meet this person named Amy Simple McPherson. Coming to find out, she actually had a house called Amy's Castle. God dog, the light bulb popped out. The old Lake Elsinore boy came out. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute now. I know that. That's where she lived. I used to run, I used to go look at that, that mountain during those times. I remember that. I still remember where it's at. Not knowing that she actually had a Angeles Temple in Los Angeles, thousands of people will come, millions of people will come to get food, to get shelter. Great mighty prayer revivals will happen in that great city of Los Angeles. How is it now? Total upheaval. Why? 
Because they're lacking the substance that once was. And that is a move of God. But Jesus' job description is quite simple. Preach the gospel, demonstrate. Preach the gospel, demonstrate. With Holy Ghost and with fire. Not many churches are preaching the gospel. Not many churches are preaching the gospel with Holy Ghost and fire. Because not many churches are bold enough to preach the gospel with Holy Ghost and with fire. The Holy Ghost is here, my friend. And the Holy Ghost is still the Holy Ghost. He is my invisible partner. He is my partner in crime. We do damage for the devil because the devil thinks he's got this whole thing won. Oh, no, 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 no. He is probably wasted or he's dreaming. Because one day, and that day is now, the church is going to wake him up from his heavy sleep and say, Hello, we are here. And we are here not just to just occupy, but we're here to take over. Because this belongs to Jesus. Amen. There's no governing board, there's no city board, there's no county board, there's no school board, there's no church board that's going to stop what God is going to do here in California. He's going to come in not as a gentle little thing, but he's going to come in like a rushing mighty wind. See, when you have an encounter with God, it changes you. At the age of 14, two weeks before my 15th birthday, I had an encounter with God and it changed me for good. And it bothered me as a teenager because I would see teens in my high school and they would, they would act weird and try to impress people and try to lift themselves higher than others and try to do all this stuff. And then I said, I cannot wait till I get out of this junk heave because, man, this high school stuff is enough. This bunch of drama, bunch of junk, bunch of ugh, and mm, I just want to go out and see adults. Well, come to find out, I graduated and I went to the real world and I saw adults. And I'm like, God, dog, it's still the same. You got the men competing with other men saying, I got two guns. The other one's got five guns. And it's still the same. Drama and there's, there's issues. There's gossip. And, and I've come to the conclusion, you know, a couple of years ago, I come to the conclusion. Adults are no different than teenagers. We all grow up, but our minds still, sometimes we, there's a lot of adults who still think they're 15. And that's why they must be born again. That's why they must come to church and hear the word of God and get their minds renewed and mature. No longer be children, but growing up, being mature, being mature in this, in this age. Why? Because God needs mature people who know who they are in Christ to go out and effectively win the loss. And that's the only way that's going to happen. But I've, I've noticed throughout, throughout the year that this is what's going on around the world right now. And that is they are lacking something. And they're going, they're, they're going in the news. And they're going, to, they're going to people. They're going to politicians. They're going to, to their friends and their families. And not everyone knows what to do. And they try to make something work. And it's not working. But the church 
knows what works. I know what works. I know the solution. You ought to know what the solution is. Stop looking at the news and say, oh, it's just so sad. So sad for this lost world. So sad. Oh, just so sad. <sighs> so sad. Yet you're the one that has the answer. Oh, I just cannot stand this city. My God, there's so much, so much stuff going on in Florida. So much stuff going on around this whole world. Oh, I don't, but yet you don't come to the outreaches. Where nine people got born again. Oh, I just hate kids. Thank God Martin's the youth pastor. I just hate them. <sighs> they think they're all, they think they know it all. They think, yeah, 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 yeah. God loves them. God loves the prisoner. He loves the murderer. He loves those that actually did what they did and they don't deserve the grace of God. But you didn't deserve it either. We had a testimony of a person in this church that, that gave it to us and, and, and she told us that, you know, there was an individual. <laughs> this, is so, this is amazing. An individual who gave a lot, who, who killed another person. A teenager killed another person. Killed another person. This lady preached the gospel to this person, and this teenager is born again. And she said that the look on his face was a sign of relief. Why? Because God has forgiven him. God has forgiven him of the crime that he committed. Oh, I can't, I don't believe that. You don't know my God. A sin is a sin. And if God forgave your sins, then God has to forgive his sins. So if that kind of agitates you a little bit, you're at the right place because your mind's being renewed. That God is merciful to all. Do you remember when Jesus was about to be betrayed? You had him and then you had Barnabas. Barnabas killed people and he was free. And Jesus took his place. It's the same picture. And I'm telling you right now, Jesus is still the same. And God is working through people like you, people like me, who go out and preach this gospel, reach the lost at any cost with signs and wonders following. The same signs and wonders that happened at 1700s in the East Coast. The same signs and wonders that happened at the Welsh Revival. The same signs that happened in England. The same signs that happened in here at Azusa Street. The same signs that has happened across this whole entire nation. It's going to happen again, I promise you right now. God, it, God was in the school systems. He was in the school systems back in the day. Famous names that you can probably know at this moment. He was in those. Those schools were built by ministers. They were built by preachers. Let me show you this. Sixteen ninety nine, Yale University was founded by ten ministers in order to for, to further the Reformed Protestant religion. 
1746, Princeton University was founded by Presbyterians with Jonathan Dixon. 1781, Congress approves the purchase of Bibles to be used in every school of the nation. 1802, Thomas Jefferson, acting as president for Washington, D.C., schools requires the Bible. It was a, it was a requirement to read the Bible. 1890, Supreme Court rules that America is a religious people. This is a Christian nation. And as, and as such, it is fitting that its people would teach their children the Christian faith. Supreme Court made that declaration. 1892, the American Teachers Union declared that schools should continue to teach morals from the Bible as schools are turned over to various states from Christian churches. 1925, Florida state legislators passed laws requiring daily Bible reading in public schools. 1946, Dallas schools published textbooks titled Bible study courses for New Testament. This book has many questions and answers about the life of Jesus Christ. 1980, the U, this is a big one. 1980, the United States schools reported the lowest SAT scores ever after 18 straight years of decline following the 1962 ban on school prayer. The lowest SAT scores on the record of 1980 was because of the ban of 1962 schools praying. And you know what's happening in our school systems today is that we are building multiple programs. But I'm telling you, programs can't change bad kids. Only God can. Interventions cannot change bad kids to good kids. Only God can. IEPs, 504s, 503s, whatever you want to call them, disability acts, all these things that they give to the parents of this nation, they cannot change your kid. Only God can. IEP meetings. They will not change your kid's disability. Only God can. He is the healer. Amen. The kids with emotional problems, programs cannot change the kids. Only God can. Because he is the healer of the brokenhearted. To be quite honest about the matter, Hemet Unified School District, let me tell you right now, we preachers is the best thing you've got right now. Because your programs, your IEPs, your one, two, threes, your interventions are repetitive. They always change. But the God who never changes, who's still the same yesterday, today, and forever, will intervene to this generation and will change them from a stony heart to a heart of flesh. And I prophesy right now that every teenager in this valley will be shaken and quickened by the power of Almighty God. Teenagers from across this valley will be shaken. Teenagers from Marietta will be shaken. The, the ones that have mocked God, the ones that have ridiculed God, 
it will come to pass that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord and there's no board, there's no city official that will stop what God is about to do. So go ahead and ridicule the church. Go ahead and ridicule this, this, this person behind this pulpit. I'm telling you right now, just come out and watch me burn with the Holy Ghost in fire. That should be the outcry of the church. Just come and watch me burn. Come and watch me burn with the flames of the Pentecostal church of the living God. Someone mightier than I is coming. And he will baptize you with Holy Ghost and fire. Because I've had enough. I can't look to the left and say, well, is there a youth pastor out there? I've had enough. I can't look over here. Is there someone here that can help me? I can't look at Riverside County because they cannot help people. The stupidest programs you could hear. I know, because I, I, my wife and I, we know, we've seen this firsthand, and it grieves me to see people being teaching, teaching these people to raise this generation with doctrines of devils. It just pisses me off. I'm sorry to say it, but it's the truth. It really does. And I'm not ashamed of it. Are you mad? Just a little. It's just my righteous indignation. It's just, it just grieves me. Because we're in 2021, and the best thing that we could give them are Satan's shoes. That's the best thing we could give our generation. Satan's shoes. That's the best thing we could give to this generation. The best thing we could give to our generation is music. And it's just corrupt, ugly, nasty Doctrines of devils, it's just, it's just pitiful, full of, full of demons, full of devils. Yeah, we're going to talk about that right now. Because it's like for some reason we just put the devil in a shelf saying, oh, you can't say devil in church, you're going to scare him. It's a devil. That's why I got my homie, Terry Minor, because when he preaches and when he sings, when he raps, it's all anointed. I'm telling you right now. It's full of faith, and it's going to change the hearts of these kids. The city needs it. This nation needs it. Holy Ghost. And fire. Your kids need it. Mom needs it. Dad needs it. Grandma, grandpa needs it. Like what Brother Hagin would say, we need a brush armor spell. We need a good old Texas brush armor spell. It's, it's, just, it's just a wild thing going on. Where people are just filled with the Holy Ghost. With signs and wonders and following. You know, what, what's the purpose of Pentecost? T.L. Osborne said this. The purpose of Pentecost is to effectively evangelize souls. That is the purpose of Pentecost. It's not about just running around the church. It's not about just jumping and leaping and shouting. No, no, it's more than that. It's to effectively go out and win the lost. Because you can't tell this lost and dying world that Jesus is alive without demonstration. 
You can't tell this lost, dying world that Jesus is the healer of the brokenhearted without demonstration. You can't tell this generation that Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life without demonstration. You must demonstrate this. And guess what? You can demonstrate it. Each and every single one of you are equipped to go and preach this gospel with signs, wonders, and wonders that are following you wherever you go. God is looking for someone to say, pick me. That's me. I want to be used, God. Use me. That's me. Yes, me, me. Hey, me. I want to do it. But we have a lot we have a lot of church folks right now sitting in a chair. And not doing a squat. They're wearing their fancy suits. They come every week. They sing songs. They bring their best Bible. They want to compliment one another how they dress. But then they go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all the way to the next Sunday not doing a squat of anything. When God, the head of the church, Jesus, the head of the church, authorized you to go out and preach this gospel. Well, I just cannot wait till Jesus comes. He ain't coming until you preach. He ain't coming till the souls are saved. He ain't coming until people are filled with the Holy Ghost. He ain't coming when devils are casted out. He ain't coming when the blind are beginning to see. He ain't coming when the paralyzed are walking and leaping and praising God. He is not coming until you, you go out and be the church. When the pandemic started, the Lord spoke to me and he said, it's time for the sleeping giant to awake. And I had no idea what that meant. But now I do. The church has been sleeping for too long. And when the pandemic happened, it was like a reset button to kind of agitate the church to say, what, God dog, what just happened? I've been watching a lot of Dodger games. I've been watching a lot of Yankee games. I've been going to Laker games. I've been hanging out with my friends every weekend. I lost my purpose. And there's a lot of people, and I know, I'm, I know I'm talking to more than one. There's a lot of people here that you have finally found your purpose. You know your purpose. You know your calling. You know what you're supposed to do. Let me prophesy this to you. It's pretty simple. Do it. Do it. Step out and do it. Don't wait for a sign. We're not moved by signs. Don't wait for someone to prophesy this to you. Just go and do it. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, if you have a mission that God put in you, you don't need to point to anyone else to help you. Go do it. And when you do it, there's a supernatural landing pad that will be there. When you do it, there will be a supply that will be there. When you do it, there will be finances right there, smack dab, ready for you. But you have to see your life through the eyes of eternity. I could imagine the Sadducees and Pharisees telling 
John, are you the one? Because we've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for 400 years. My father, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, my great-great-great-great-grandfather. They've all been talking about the Messiah. Are you the one? And he's like, nope. And he's like, oh, I cannot believe you're not the one. But someone mightier than I is coming. He's so holy, I can't even take his sandals off his feet. And I baptize you with just this water. Someone's going to baptize you with Holy Ghost and fire. And the Holy Ghost then is still the Holy Ghost today. He is not surprised about this. Neither should you. He's not surprised at what happened during this past election. Neither should you. He's not surprised about what's going on in California right now, in Los Angeles, and, uh, and from our governor. He ain't surprised one bit. Neither should you. You know why? He's dealt with pharaohs before. He ain't moved by that. Are you kidding me? People say, I think it was Brother Copeland. I think your, I think your dad was talking about it. Brother Copeland was, he, you know, God was, he was praying and God's like, I'm not surprised by this. I've dealt with pharaohs in the past. This little thing, are you kidding me right now? You kidding me right now? You know, when I heard that, blessed me because, you know, you know, you, you, <laughs> you know when, you, when you face people who are so hard-headed when it comes to not having the church involved in the school, it's like, God dog, man, I'm like so pumped because I'm like, you're a little thing. You're a little thing to me. Always being told no, always being told no, always being told no, 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 no. And then you got one yes and you grab it with all your might and then you hold on to it. Everything else around you doesn't look right. Everything all around you doesn't match right. But I just said, you know what? God's not moved by a school building. He's moved by someone who's willing to say yes even in the midst of a school building. When there's no school building, guess what? I'm over it. God is about people. He's not about a building. That building, the school buildings, all the buildings of this world, they're all going to melt like wax one day. So we might as well just get over it because the only thing we're leaving out of this earth is not a building. It's people. It's people. That's the only thing we're leaving this earth with. Not even your suit, brother, though I love the suit. Not even your suit you're leaving this earth with. It's just you and the people that you impacted in your life throughout your life here. That's the only thing. So you got to know what your calling is. You got to know what it is and then saturate it with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Go with me to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 1, sorry. Acts chapter 1. Because see, this is the thing. Theology is one thing. But its presence is another. We can know all about God, study about the life of God, know everything about God. But we can lack his presence. And his presence is the very thing that the church has, is what you have. And that's what sustains your spirit, man, to continue to run effectively. Look at, look at this. After Jesus came, after Jesus rose again from the dead, he was about to be ascended to his father from heaven. In verse 8 says this, but you shall receive power. How? After. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses 
unto me, both in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, it comes upon you for one purpose, to be a witness. Pentecost is because Pentecost was meant to be given to the church for its purpose. And its purpose is to effectively win souls. It's to effectively win souls. Well, I don't like that church because all they do is just preach the gospel to souls. You're, then you probably are not born again or your mind's not renewed because this is what we do. This is our livelihood here. Seek first the kingdom of God. Well, what is the kingdom of God? It's about people. Remember what Jesus said, the kingdom of God is not here or there. The kingdom of God is within you. So therefore, when you seek first the kingdom, you're seeking first those who have the kingdom within them. That means the kingdom of God is within people. You seek people. In chapter 2, verse 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with all in one accord and in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house that they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of a fire, Holy Ghost and fire, Holy Ghost coming upon them, cloven tongues like as of a fire, sitting upon each of them, and they were all Filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, there was some noise going on. The Holy Ghost is not a little, little quiet dove. He comes in with some attention. There was some noise. They heard some noise. The multitude came together and were confounded because they, that every man heard them speak in his own language and they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are, are not all these which speak Galileans? How we hear every man in our own tongue wherein we were born, Parthians, Medes, and, and Elamites, and dwellers of Mesopotamia, and Judea, and Cappadocia, and Pontus, and Asia, Pyrgia, and Pamphylia in Egypt and in the parts of Libya around Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. We do now hear them speak in our own language, wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? Do not be moved when people look at you, when you're saying you're going to do a youth outreach. And when they say, what meaneth this? What, what, what good would that do? Do not be moved by that. Do not be moved if you're going to go out with your vision. When God gives you a vision, you're going to have a lot of what meaneth that people. Always bickering, always ranting, always complaining, giving you the common sense. Let me tell you, faith is not common sense. It's not common sense for a 90-year-old and a 100-year-old to have a kid. It's not common sense. But faith is. 
And when God speaks to you, when God gives you a word, a vision, a dream, a desire, and you go out and do it, and it's all you, it's okay. You're not alone. Because the visionary himself is in you to do the work. And Jesus told the disciples, stay in Jerusalem. There's the vision. Stay in Jerusalem. There's the vision. Oh, Jesus, we want to go preach the gospel. No. See, you're thinking common sense. Stay in Jerusalem. Stay in the vision. Go to the upper room. What good would that do? That's the vision. Go to the upper room. Terry, stay there. How long? Just stay there. Stay with the vision. Stay with the mission that God has given to you. And when you stay with that vision, you stay with that dream, Holy Ghost and fire accelerates you. Holy Ghost and fire propels you to do the work of what God has called you to do. Anybody can do an event. Anybody can do it. Any organization can do an event. Any nonprofit organization, any foundation can do an event. But not every foundation has Holy Ghost and fire. Any nonprofit organization can do an event. Anyone. The Ronald McDonald can do an event. The Clinton Foundation can do an event. Anybody can do an event. But not every foundation is saturated with Holy Ghost and fire. You know how I know that? Because you got people here saying, what meaneth this? What good would that do? But Peter, verse 14, but Peter standing up with the other, lifted up his voice and said unto them, you men of Judea and all you that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. It's only 9 o'clock. We look drunk, but it's only 9 a.m. We don't smell like wine, but we are drunk, but not as you suppose. Hallelujah. But this is that. This is that. I'm telling you right now, this end time revival, there will be churches, bless their darling hearts, will rise up and say, what just happened? And we are going to tell them, this is that. This is that. What Jesus said, pray ye therefore for laborers because the harvest is white. This is that. Peter said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that it shall come to pass, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Remember now, 400 years God never moved. 400 years God never moved. For almost 4,000 years, God only selected certain people to have his anointing. But Peter's rising up and telling people, This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that it shall come to pass that I, God, will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Everyone will have the opportunity to have my spirit. 
not just Isaiah, not just Jeremiah, not just Malachi, but all will have the opportunity to have my spirit rest upon my people. But for what? What's it for? To run, to dance, to shout, to get the organ playing, and do we just have a little, mm-hmm. well, what's it for? And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and on my servant, that's you, on my handmaidens, that's you, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy, they will proclaim, they will preach, they will tell, tell what? And I will show wonders, demonstration. In heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire, vapor of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord came. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Look at the order. Look at the order. Empowered. Prophesy. Signs and wonders. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is the blueprint of the church. The church should be empowered to prophesy with signs and wonders following them so that those that hear you prophesy shall call upon the name of the Lord and shall be saved. You men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man of Proved of God among you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. And you continue reading. But you know at the end of this chapter, 3,000 men received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Then you go a couple of chapters after, 5,000 men received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Then you go a couple of more chapters after that, and then they just say they greatly multiplied. So you have 8,000 people getting born again at the start of the church, full of fire and full of the Holy Ghost and full of the gospel, to the point where now, not saying God can't count, but I could tell you Luke, who wrote this, wrote this part of the book of Acts, he lost count. He said, you know what? Forget it. I'm not going to overestimate. I'm not going to underestimate. I'll just say they multiplied. They just grew. I lost count. I was like, one, two, three, oh, man. I, one, two, three, oh, I messed up. One, two, three, four, oh, forget it. Multiply. And I'm telling you right now, that is what's happening here in this world. There's an uprising of believers who've had enough with this mess, who's had enough with fear, who understands that they're not being overcome by fear, and who are rising up in this last day. And my mandate for you is this, stay filled. Stay filled. Be being filled. Ephesians chapter 5, go there. Stay filled. We as a church have a responsibility to carry forth this gospel. But the only way we're going to carry it is when we are constantly 
filled with the Holy Ghost. Constantly filled with the very thing Jesus came to baptize his church with. Constantly filled to be, to, to be filled with the very thing Jesus baptized the church with. And that is with Holy Ghost and fire. My outreach people who do the grocery outreaches from Monday through Thursday, the staff, all the way down to the workers, let me tell you, stay filled. That is your fuel. That is your go-to to continue to do what you're supposed to do. Stay filled. Because the people need you. Jesus needs you. Stay filled. And don't quit. Do not quit. Do not quit. Though the pressures come, do not quit. Though people tell you no, do not quit. It's harvest time. It's harvest time. You may think that you're the only one because you're always there every week. It's okay. It's harvest time. You're doing the Father's work. You are at the right place at the right time. You may be the only one bagging groceries. It's okay. You are at the right place at the right time. Do not quit. He needs you. Ephesians 5 says this. Verse 15, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, where is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father of, our, of the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul admonishes the church that though the days are evil, though things are up, up and out and in and out. I'm telling you, it's like totally upside down. It looks like a hot mess. Stay filled. Stay filled. Stay filled. Because when you're filled, you're not moved when people flip you off. When you're filled, you're not moved when people cuss you out. When you're filled, people are, you're not moved when people spit you at your face. When you're, when you're filled, you're not moved when people say, no, 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 you can, you can, you can. You know, rejection, rejection, rejection. You're not moved by that because you're filled. And when you're filled, you're, filled of, you're being filled of God who is a God of faith. And faith rises up when in the midst of a circumstance, you know, I'm not moved by that because I already see the outcome. Stay filled. Well, how do I stay filled? By speaking to yourself. How do you speak to yourself? In other tongues. There's some of you in this room right now. I just, I just got this right now by the Holy Ghost. There's some of you that you once upon a time spoke in other tongues, but you stopped the moment this all this mess happened. And just like Paul told Timothy, I so I tell you, stir the flame. Stir the gift. Stir it up. Stir it up. The very answer that you need to, your, to the problem that you're facing is based not on 
doctors and medicine and, and, and who's in office and who's not in office. It's based on this. It's based off of you speaking in other tongues. Stay filled. Be constantly filled. Be being filled. Be habitually filled to the point where you're intoxicated with the Holy Ghost. Where no devil, no angel can determine if it's you or God because you are one. You've been submerged with him. You think like him. You walk like him. You talk like him. You see things the way he sees. You do things the way he would do it. That's what Jesus said. The works that I do, I only do it unless my father tells me to do it. The things I say, I only say what my father tells me to say. Me and my father are one. And that's the heartbeat of every person in this room. That everyone should not look at Jerry. They should look at Jesus and Jerry. They don't look at Terry. They look at Jesus and Terry. They don't look at Janet. They look at Jesus and Janet. They don't look at Adrian. They look at Jesus and Adrian. And we got to come back to that. We got to come back. We got to come back. Called us to do. We have to. God is counting on you to do this. And God believes in you. We always talk about, I believe in God. I believe. You know what? God believes in you. He believes you can do this. With this whole youth event, he believes Faith World can do this. With this outreach that we're doing, that we've been doing since March, he believes the church can do this. With now that we're reaching 3,000 families that's coming up, he believes we can do this. That we're the only one in this county to do this, he believes we can do this. But it's not going to be done by might, nor by power, but by his spirit. It's by his spirit that's going to propel each and every one of you to do the work that God has called you to do. It's not by might. It's not by your education. But it's by his spirit. And his spirit will do the work. You are his hands. You are his feet. Let him be your hand. Let him be your hands. Let him be your feet. Let, let him come into your life and be God. Because I can't do this all by myself. You can't do this all by yourself. We all are a body together. And as a body, we must stay filled. We must stay filled. Because the Holy Ghost is still the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is going to do what he has called the church to do. And I do not, just as much as God, I do not want to have any of you miss that opportunity where you see the fruit and then you go, I wish I joined. I wish I joined with them. Not saying there will be another opportunity. There will be. Because this all-call tour, this is just the beginning. It is just the beginning. So get used to the name. Because it's just the beginning. We're calling all. 
one mission, one message, one name, calling all to come to receive Jesus. And I've come to the conclusion with this all call tour, you either are going to love us or you're going to hate us. And I'm all right with that because I'm in good company. With Jesus' ministry, you have people who loved him or they hated him. I want to be in that company. Haters are going to hate. Let them hate. I'm going to keep running. I'm going to keep running my race. You are going to keep running. You are going to keep running your race. But the only way you're going to effectively do it is by you staying filled. Hallelujah. 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 Holy Ghost and fire. Not just Holy Ghost, but Holy Ghost and fire. You know why fire? Because fire burns things off of you. Fire burns insecurities. Fire burns inferiorities. Fire burns the peer pressure. Fire burns fear. Fire burns the, the, the opposite of boldness, which is cowardness. It's just, I can't do that. Fire burns the tea off of can't and makes it to a can because that's how God is. He can. You can do all things through Christ, which gives you strength. Yes, you, you, you can do it. God believes in you. You can do it. Don't quit. Don't lose. You're not a loser. You're a winner. You're triumphant. See at the right hand of the Father. All authority has been given unto you. The devil's under your feet. And no devil of hell can stop that but you. You, are, you, could be the, you could be the greatest enemy because you criticize so much about, did I do it right? Did I make it work right? Did I do this? Did I do that? Stop it. Just stop it. And just let the Holy Ghost be the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands right now and just worship him. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost and fire. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost and fire. The Holy Ghost is still the Holy Ghost. There are hungry people in this world, believers like you and I, who have to constantly, constantly, constantly stay filled. There's teenagers in this world that need you. There's young adults that need you. There's adults who need you. If you just ask him for souls, he'll give it to you. If we as a church can use our faith like we would use our faith for our finances, but use our faith for people, then the finances will always be met. The healing will already be there. Pray ye for one another so that you may be healed. We focus so much on our healing. I need to be healed. But why don't you go reach out to someone who's hurting and watch God supernaturally heal you. Oh, we Christians can be so selfish sometimes. Always looking at me. My things, my ministry, my vision, my dreams, me, me, me. What about them? What about the ones that are walking on Florida Avenue? What about the one that's hiding under the tree by Walmart? What about the one that smells and just, and, you, and no one doesn't want to reach them? What about the incarcerated? What about the prisoners? You know those are people too. 
What about the fatherless, the childless? What, what about the motherless? What about, what about the widow, the widower? What about those people? What about the ones that smell like weed? The ones that smell like cigarettes? The ones that haven't showered in weeks? What about them? I want them. What about the ones that you see scars on their arms? Teenagers that are, that are 5150s. What about them? I want them. What about the fosters, the foster care centers where you have a lot of group home kids that have no mother, no father, no standard? I want them. What about the drug addict, the suicide? What about the abused wife? I want them. We can't do that in these four walls. We have to come out of the four walls of this building and be the church. And the only way he's going to do it is when his people are filled. The only way he's going to move through you is when you're filled. The only way you're going to look square face at the enemy and say, you said no, I say yes, is when you're filled. That's why that song that the worship team sung this morning, there's nothing more that I, there's nothing else that I want more but your presence. That's, that, that should be the heart cry of every person. It's your presence. That's all I want, just your presence. Why? Because it's the presence of God that will usher you into the very thing that God has called you to do. And I'm telling you, when you do that, you get to finally meet the person that you have been destined to be. And it is by far the most happy moment of your life. When you get to see, when you get to see, when I got to see Martin Hernandez and say, whoa, this is what I'm called to do. It's the most beautiful thing. And there's some of you in this room that you've been, you've been, you've been questioning to yourself, what is my calling? What is my position in the body of Christ? I'm done with the black chair. I want to come out and be somebody. Because you really are. You are a somebody. If that's you, it's very simple. You have to stay filled. And those of you that know your calling, what are you doing? And what are you waiting for? Step out and do it. Get out of the boat and do it. Well, I'm just waiting for the right time. It's now. The harvest is now. It's time for souls. They're waiting on you. They're waiting on you. This Sunday morning, there's souls in this world, in homes right now, that are hurting. They're confused. And you're here. They're waiting on you. If you want a refilling, I want you to come up to the front right now. If you want to receive an infill of the Spirit, an infill of the Holy Ghost, you want to recharge. We all need it. We all need it. But if you want that right now, I want you to come up to the front right now. Right now. If you want, to, if you want Jesus to fill you up, to propel you and to go out and to do the work that God has called you to do, when you do it, 
it's going to be supernatural. Supernatural. Hallelujah. A supernatural gifting. 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 Hallelujah. Father, these are your laborers. These are your workers. These are your hands. These are your feet. And I ask you in the name of Jesus to fill your people. Fill them to the overflow. Visions, dreams, desires, those things rise up, resurrect in the name, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, revive the very dreams and desires. In the name, in the name, my sister. In the name, my sister. In the name, my sister. Jesus in the name in the name of Jesus thank you father in the name my sister in the name my sister fill them up Lord fill them up Lord fill ha hey oh shapaye yo kamende hallelujah are you ready step out step out step out hallelujah fill them up Lord hallelujah Vela mabe, valege mele, yore que besa caballe. Oh, ha, ele, ore mele, ore mele yama baba baba se pere. Ore mele yama mama mama se pere. In the name. my brother in the name my brother in the name of Jesus
Hallelujah. 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 In the name. In the name. In the name. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now step out. You're equipped. You are anointed. You are appointed for action. And time is ticking. The cry of souls is crying louder and louder. The hurt needs you to go out and be the salt of this earth. Do not stop. Do not quit. Go with your purpose. Go with your vision. Go with your dreams. And be the church in this last final hour. Amen. Hallelujah. Did you get something out of this this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Salt, salt, salt. Salt, salt, salt. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Richard, come up here. Hallelujah. Get ready, my brother. <laughs> For the very things that you have been called to do, there will be an unveiling, an unveiling, an unveiling, a revealing of those very things. So get ready. Get ready. Get ready, my brother. Get ready, my brother. Eha. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sapaye. Roca Mande. Come here, brother. Come here. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. You think this is all you're going to be doing? Oh, no, 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 no. There's much more. <laughs> oh, hey, ho, ha, shamaya, ho, kemende, loca, so kemende, ole mele, yeah, 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 ole kemeye, in the name, oh, shamaye, hey, ele la mare, ele la mama, mama, se kemende, ole mele, yorke, ha, ole mele, ole mele, ole mele, ole mele, brother Martin, come up here, come up here, ele la mande, ha, hey. In the name, in the name. Cameron, come up here. Cameron, Cameron, come up here. Come up here. You, come up here. Come up here. Come up here. Come up here. What you, what you told me, what you told me, it shall come to pass. What you told me, all the funds will be there. So get ready. He's got you. <laughs> got you.
got you. He's 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 got you. Hallelujah. Brother, come up here. Put your hands like this. Put your hands like this, my brother. I'm going to put this on you, but I want you to give this to Sammy. I want you to give this to Sammy, because Sammy needs this. In the name, in the name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Baremos la gama ba 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 se pende. Ela ma 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 se quebere. Ore me la gama ba 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 se pende. Hallelujah. 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 Ore que mende. Ore menere. Como? Come here. Come here. Ela mamba. Ela mamba. Hela mamba, oh, hela ye, vere, boloro, hela vere, yeah, 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 it's time, it's time, my sister, it's time, my sister, it is time, it's time, my sister, it's time. Hela mo, sekeya, mambe, lele, ore mele, ore mele, oh, haha, ore mele, yeah, it's time, it's time, haha, yeah, 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 yeah. Just a little bit more. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just a little bit more. 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 Hallelujah. 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 My God, I feel I feel faith in this place. Yeah, just just just, just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Your old men shall dream dreams. You know why the Bible says old men shall dream dreams? Because when you get older, you ain't done. There's more to do. Hallelujah. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more, my sister. That's it. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more in the name. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. <laughs> Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. <laughs> Just just a little bit more. 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 Just a little bit more, brother Scott. Michael Scott. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. A little bit more. Oh, yeah. Hey, la mamba. So kamaye. Oremende. So babaye. Lo kamamba. Hey, la mamba. Basere le lombo. Sakaya mamba. Bande. Hey, la mande. Oremende. Sena mariemo. Sakaya maye. Hey, la mora. Bede. La koya baye. Hey, la moye. Yebe la bore de mende. Hora mande. O kepeye. Ate kepeye. It's a capeye. Ha ha ha. He he he. Ho ho ho. Ha ha ha. Elamode yambe se yambombe. Ole mele male yamba bene bene. Soka mene bene. Ole mane bene. Ole mene yamone yamamba yebene. Ole mene bene. Hela mande, ho ho ha, hele, ho sheke maye, hela. Oh, le mende ya mamba ye bende, ho ho, hele. Hela mande bende, ho na mande bende, ho na mande, ha na mende, ho na mende bende. Hela mande bende ya bose, ho na mende. Oh, hele, oh, so many, 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 Hola mama mama bele bele Hola mene bele ya mama se Hola mene bodo se Oh in the name in the name of Jesus Hala mene Oh Oh Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What meaneth this? What meaneth this? 
these men are not drunk as you suppose, but they are all filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, the reason why you're still here is because God is doing a work in you. And I've learned throughout my life, I've learned, I don't accommodate only one, and that is the Holy Ghost. I was literally going to stop. But I'm telling you, God is doing some things. There, 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 there's, there's a, there's a, like a, uh, 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 yeah, you know, you know, there's like a, re, like a revival in your heart of the very thing God has called you to do. So just go do it. What's stopping you but to go and do it? Say this out loud with me. Say, I am anointed, appointed for action. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, every person that's in this room, that the thing that they have received is not just a thing, but it is substance. It is the person of the Godhead. It is the Holy Ghost. Now I ask you to revive and refine those things that are within to go out and step out and do the work that you have commissioned them to do. And all the funds and all the right people and everything will come to pass. Everything will come in line. And we give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise. And all of God's people said... Amen. Why don't you stand up, shake hands with about 5,000 people, tell them that the Lord is.